0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: Okay. Yeah, I hear it. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. It's lovely to have you all. I wasn't sure if we'd have two or (laughs) how many people would be here. I invite you to come closer if you'd like, since we're a small group. What I'd like to do this morning is is honor, respect, talk about <laughs> the solstice. We just celebrated the solstice on Sunday. And uh, on Saturday, I went to a Revels program celebration. Has anybody heard of Revels? California Revels uh-huh, in Oakland. It's someone told me about it many years ago, and I've gone several times. It's a lovely, we say, alternative to all of the Christmas hoopla. It's a program of singing and dancing and storytelling that is around the solstice. So <clears throat> there are, of course, a few Christmas songs, but mostly it's about the honoring of the solstice, this this time of year. The solstice, according to Wikipedia, is an astrological event. <laughs> As you probably know, it's the time of year when the way the earth tilts on its axis, <laughs> and I don't understand totally, but uh, creates... The longest night, the sun is the farthest from the northern hemisphere. And so Sunday night was the longest night of the year. And in the southern hemisphere, of course, it's the opposite. In countries around the world, the winter solstice is celebrated is marked, is um, honored, typically uh, celebrating the return of the light. So as you know, there are many, many light festivals this time of year. Diwali in the Hindu or Indian tradition. Uh, In my tradition, which is Swedish, it's Santa Lucia. Lucia. In Judaism, it's Hanukkah and the menorah, the nine lights. Um, What else? Kwanzaa. Um, Anything else? Well, certainly in the Christian tradition or in the American culture, uh, there are lights everywhere this time of year. So that can lead us to think that the light is better or preferable to the dark. But in actuality, that's not true. They're a balance. We need both. Just like the yin and the yang, the dark and the light are complementary. And it can be very valuable to remember that, that it's not one over the other, but the two. It's out of the darkness that many things blossom. Both flowers, but also in terms of our own, um, we could say spiritual growth, psychological growth, creativity. Many times there's a dark period, maybe a, an inactive or a quiet time, that precedes a time of activity or of flowering. And there are many, many things said about the relationship of the dark and the light. Uh, I'll read you a few of them. Many years ago, I think 1990, I was first invited to what became a yearly tradition of celebrating the solstice with a light and dark party. And for many years I attended and then I did my own. And what we did was gather about five o'clock, sit together, and watch it get dark. We'd have no lights on. And just watch the sunset if it was clear. Watch it become dark. And we would meditate or we would contemplate the darkness. How did it feel? What did it mean? Sometimes what was dark in our lives? What was dark in the culture? Whatever was relevant to us about that experience of the darkness. And then we'd do some sharing. And then we would turn on the lights. And then we would contemplate the light and how did that feel and what did that mean and what was the light in our lives and what was the light in the culture and sometimes that would be what did we hope for in the coming year. And then we would do some sharing about that. And then... At one party, there was always caroling and dancing and a lot of festivity. At others, then we would move into eating because food, uh, eating together, is part of the solstice celebration. And those were lovely gatherings. I enjoyed them so very much. You know, it's, it's... It makes sense that as Buddhist practitioners, we would honor the seasons. We would honor the solstice, the the changing of the seasons. At the time of the Buddha, of course, he and his followers spent most of their time outside. They were on foot. They traveled from village to village. They spent a lot of time in the forest. And so, of course, they would have been very aware of the increasing darkness, the decreasing light. And they would have been very aware of the changing of the seasons. So I think it's appropriate for us to acknowledge, to remember, and honor the changing of the seasons. So, uh, at this time of year also, there are many programs, gatherings, that are called Festival of Lights. And I went to one a few weeks ago at Santa Clara University that was a musical program. And in their program, they put some quotes about the light a couple of which I thought were appropriate for us. One is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he said, From within or from behind, a light shines through us upon things and makes us aware that we are nothing, but the light is all. And from the Buddha Thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. Darkness within darkness, the gate to all mystery. Often we refer to the darkness As the mystery, and often we say we come from darkness and we return to darkness, or we come from mystery and we return to mystery. T.S. Eliot said, I said to my soul, Be still and wait without hope, for hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love, for love would be love of the wrong thing. There is yet faith, but the faith and the love and the hope are all in the waiting. Wait without thought, for you are not ready for thought. So the darkness shall be the light, and the stillness the dancing." the light shines in the darkness and the darkness grasps it not. May the light which enlightens everyone born into the world pierce the darkness of our age so that the tree of life may survive, may bring forth New shoots. So, as I said, we often divide the light and the dark and think the light is better, the dark is bad or not acceptable we think of the dark as that which is not acknowledged. That which is hidden. That which we don't consciously, we aren't consciously aware of. And often we think of that as fear or anger or whatever our particular affliction is, whatever... Um, we don't want to claim. We don't want to see within ourselves. But I'd like to suggest, as Nelson Mandela did, that the unacknowledged is not necessarily something bad or something terrible. Nelson Mandela said, it is not our difficulties or our shortcomings or whatever we want to call them, that we are most afraid of, but our greatness. That which we do well. It's interesting, isn't it? I'll bet many of us agree with that. Sometimes it's easy to list our shortcomings. It's easy to talk about what we don't like about ourselves or what we wish were different. But it's not always so easy to acknowledge to ourselves our strengths, our power, what we do well. The light, we could say, that we have for the world. Our gifts, our talents, what we can do, what we can offer with this life. And so I'd like for us this morning to focus on the light within ourselves. The Buddha suggested, be lamps unto yourselves. So did Christ. Probably many or all of the great teachers suggested the light is within. Don't seek it out here. Seek it with, within. And so that's what I'd like for us to focus on today. That light that is within us. Peace is within yourself to be found in the same place as agitation and suffering. It is not found in a forest or on a hilltop, nor is it given by a teacher. Where you experience suffering you can also find freedom from suffering. Trying to run away from suffering is actually to run toward it. This is from Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah, as you may know, was uh, a great forest teacher in Thailand that many of our Western teachers studied with peace is to be found in the same place as our suffering. Nelson Mandela also said, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. So if we let our light shine forth, That also gives other people permission to let their lights shine forth. So, the solstice time, the acknowledgement of the solstice, can be done in many different ways, and each culture. Uh, has its own way and within any culture there can be many different ways to acknowledge or honor the solstice. One way we can do it is by simplifying. Simplifying our lives. And that's a big task at this time of year, isn't it? When things are anything but simple. Simple. But how can we individually, collectively, find simplicity in our lives or create simplicity? How can we not get caught up in the complexity, in the busyness, in the hassle of this time of year? We can spend time in nature. We can go for walks. We can find solitude or quiet time. Santa Cruz Insight did a solstice hike on Sunday. And they hiked um, up to a place, uh, Long Ridge Open Space. Yeah, you know what where there's a trail that leads to an Ohlone uh, sacred site. The Ohlone Indians apparently have their own creation story, and that story was that before humans and animals were on this earth, the souls of all the... Beings to be were contained in the turtle's shell. And at sunset on the night of the solstice, the sun shone at such an angle or so intensely that it shattered the boulder on which the turtle's shell rested. And thereby shattered the shell as well, and all the souls were set free. So the Ohlone Indians, each solstice, went to this spot up on skyline where there is apparently a rock, a boulder, and did their rituals to honor the solstice. I haven't been up there, but I think it would be fun to go up and find that, that spot. So it really doesn't matter what we do, what ritual we have. What matters is that we use the time of the solstice to turn inward, to reflect on our lives, to reflect on what's meaningful to us. Perhaps what we would like to do more of, in the new year. Perhaps what we'd like to do less of. <laughs> whatever, whatever has meaning for us. So as I said, I'm wanting us to focus on the light within. The Buddha on the night that he was dying, said, when Ananda asked him who would be their teacher after death, he replied to his disciples, Be lamps unto yourselves. Be refuges unto yourselves. Take yourself no external refuge. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp hold fast to the truth as a refuge. Look not for a refuge in anyone besides yourselves. And those, Ananda, who, are, who either now or after I am dead shall be a lamp unto themselves, shall betake themselves as no external refuge. But holding fast to the truth, as their lamp, holding fast to the truth as their refuge, shall not look for refuge to anyone else besides themselves. It is they who shall reach to the very topmost height. So many of us have trouble accepting that there is even that light within us. Sometimes people don't know what it means to let that light shine. They haven't been encouraged or taught to do so. Sometimes it takes some soul searching, some exploring within to see what does that mean to let my light shine. Some of you may have learned or may remember uh, I don't remember if it was from camp or Sunday school or the little ditty this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I see smiles that brings nostalgia, maybe, happy memories. Mm -hmm. Is it? So it's song around the world, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just demonstrating that, um, that it's not just the Buddha, or it's not just us, but it is universal. The understanding that the light is within, and we can let it shine. And by doing so, allow others to let theirs shine. So what I'd like for us to do for just a few minutes is get in pairs, just very simply, somebody near you. And one person at a time, share what do you do to block your inner light? How do you keep from acknowledging, expressing your inner light? So, um, as I say, one person start, and after a couple minutes I'll ring the bell, and then you can switch and the other person share. Are we even? <laughs> you want to join one of them? Sure. Sure. Join Gloria. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, uh, I'm good. good. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. If you haven't already switched, please do so now. Am I late? (laughs) Okay, please wrap up. And so I noticed you didn't have trouble finding things to say. <laughs> Would anybody like to share anything? What did you... What did you see as your way of hiding your light?
0: On. For me, um, it's it's kind of uh, the double-edged sword. Like uh, I have. Um, a certain level of activity that is creative and i feel like that allows me to shine the light but then there's certain kinds of activity or over activity that will then um it's that becomes like a distraction Uh so that i don't have to look at you know the things that are inside that you know um kind of distract me from the you know, the feelings that are coming up. And, and I feel like that is, in a way, um, blocking the light. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a overactivity and busyness, kind of adding projects, and when, um, you know, without sort of um, being moderate and mindful about them.
1: Very good. That's very insightful. I think it's very helpful to be able to see that some things can. At some point, be very um, creative, constructive. Be a way of letting our light shine, and then can move into being a distraction or a blocking. Yes, yes, that's that's very helpful to see. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Well I found that what you spoke of was really my blocking but then when I was in a trio when the other two people spoke of theirs of judgment and also feeling uh, selfish that um, I could really relate to everything that was shared that they were all things that I experienced at times That's exactly why I asked for the sharing, because I think that's true. We all, we all, we might all have sort of individual ways, but there are many collective ways, many ways uh that we all share. Mine used to be shyness. I was a very shy kid. And um, looking back, I can see where it blocked me a lot. You know? And that's been a lifetime work to let go of that, you know, and not have that. And I think, I used to think I was the only one (laughs) that was shy. And then I learned "Mm -hmm." probably everybody has a little bit of shyness, but a lot of people have a lot of it. And the shyness is not believing that there's light within or that it's worth sharing.
2: Uh, for me, it was simply that I don't show up. Literally, physically, I don't show up. Uh-huh. I quit interacting and I will isolate.
1: Uh-huh. And uh-huh. if
2: I if I go to things where I'm with other people, um, I feel extraordinarily warm and healthy and delighted to be alive. Uh, but when I decide to not go because of um, I simply know that I'm really inadequate and this is a charity invitation and I don't really have much to contribute to whatever is going on um, and let that tape just go it, it, being utterly self-indulgent um, having it all have to be about me rather than <laughs> <clears throat> um, one of the tasks is to be a good guest uh, and
1: beautiful, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but it, what I found in conversation was how much warmth is actually being expressed these days, and how much um uh, That it was much easier for me to talk about the warmth and affection that's going on in my life that I'm actually experiencing than the um, the, the deficit mm-hmm. I always had to figure out what the deficit was mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. not what's been going on
1: Good, good yeah so very simply just showing up Not. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that old tape (laughs) that probably everybody has some relationship to. And then realizing that it's not about us, (laughs) it's not all about me. I can go and be a good guest. (laughs) Yeah, good. Thank you.
0: Someone said that the body is a temple of the spirit, so you should keep your body clean and then light will will come into your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Just keep it.
1: That, that's hard. <laughs> keep <do>. it clean <laughs> and open, yeah. Clean and open. Yeah, spirit. Spirit. yeah, yeah, good.
0: good. Uh-huh. hogging the microphone. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think um, <clears throat> it's coming to me as I'm hearing what other people are saying, and I really appreciate um, these, these other angles on it, is that fundamentally what blocks lo- the light is fear. Mm-hmm. And fear gets expressed in so many different ways. Yes, and yes. fear just extinguishes that light. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. That just so up then in,
1: in Buddhist practice, we're encouraged to turn towards the fear not away from it, which is what we have a tendency to do, but to actually turn and face it. And in that, in that turning or in that facing of the fear, fear loses its hold on us. It loses its grip. There may still be some remnants of it, but it doesn't have that same power over us as it did when we were running from it.
0: It's probably similar, but um, both of us, in different ways, noted, I think, as we were talking that in order to let our light shine, we first had to face the darkness in in some ways, and and for me, sometimes I didn't want to deal with that it, right. you know, I was just afraid or lazy. And she had a sort of a different version of the same. And, sort of theme mm-hmm. of needing to have that dark first mm-hmm. before we realize the light
1: yeah, yeah, that's right that reminds me of this saying by May Sarton help us to be the always hopeful gardeners of the spirit who know that without darkness nothing comes to, light, comes to birth as without light nothing flowers So we need the darkness and we need the light. Also, Meister Eckhart said, truly it is in the darkness that one finds the light. So when we are in sorrow, then this light is nearest to all of us. That can be helpful to remember that when we're in the the darkness, the sorrow, whatever that might be, were nearest to the light. So now I'd like to ask you to share—not we don't have time to do uh, with each other again, but just with the group. What can you, will you, do to allow your light to shine forth? Having looked at what you do to block it. Now, what can you do to allow it to shine?
0: I, <clears throat> I uh, think having an attitude of gratefulness would help
1: counteract the judgment and criticism.
0: And I have to be mindful of that because for some reason it doesn't come naturally. <laughs> I don't know if it's my schooling and family and probably all of the above, right? Right. right. So it's something I'd like to use more mm-hmm. as a tool. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: powerful tool. And do you know about the website, um, gratitude.org? Brother David Steindl-Rast has um, a website, gratitude.org. And I think you can subscribe to uh, like a saying a day. But anyway, on his website, he has lovely pictures and lovely sayings about and practices about gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. Gratitude is an antidote to judgment. It's an antidote to a
0: lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Coming here was one of my commitments this year to mm-hmm. bring out the light a little more. Great. <laughs> Definitely.
1: Lovely. Lovely. What else?
0: I really like what will said and it's to show up <laughs> i think i still I still really like my darkness. I
1: still really you know it's very easy for me to isolate and to um,
0: and to just um not show up, but um i think I think it's with a grateful heart and you know wanting to you know just be kind and loving
1: to others showing up is important. And to yourself. <laughs> and, and I think it is important or... or, yeah, it's important to say that it's fine to love the darkness. And it's fine to to have different personalities, you know. Some of us are introverts, basically. Some of us are extroverts. But I was going to say balance. In a way, it's balance. But in another way, it's just honoring the light as well as the dark. You know, enjoying the dark, but not letting that keep the light from shining. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, In order to show up, I've volunteered to drive my aging stepmother to various family functions, so that I will. It's sure. yes. good it, for you. Good for you. <laughs> but, uh, I come from a family of uh, five children, and there's a. I'm the middle child, and there's a flowering going on within the family uh, that is reminiscent of the, of the love and affection that was going on in our lives between uh, the, Let's just say, fifteen years from the time I was fifty till the time I, fifteen till I was thirty. Um, and I came across a large cache of letters that had been written to me during that time. And my eldest sister has simply plugged away at keeping the family mm. at least trying to talk to each other for all these years.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
2: uh, I do not, I really, it's really important that I show up and play.
1: Yeah. <laughs> good, good, <laughs> and that's a commitment, isn't it? I mean, that's you—you you mean it then, when you commit to drive someone, you know you're going to go.
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah, sir. laughs>
1: <laughs> so I gave you each a um, a little battery light. Please turn yours on and let it shine. No. (laughs) Good. And I want you all to take this with you as a reminder, as a reminder that it's your light, let your light Shine. Yeah. So you were going to say something.
0: So this week, um, both my daughters are home, and uh, one of them brought a book called Lovability in which uh, I started reading and immediately read like five chapters, and it's <laughs> it's a pretty short book. But what it what I'm getting from it is um, that that love is a practice mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, it just reminded me of the practice of loving kindness and that it's like a muscle. And yeah. so, um, from this, I, I just reinforces that, um, in practicing loving kindness and practicing love in all of my activities that, that will allow my light to shine. Yeah. I'm so glad you
1: said that. We think sometimes that love is just natural or it should just automatically pour forth and we forget that it is indeed a practice. Yes. Anything else? Anybody else? I'd like to read you what Mark Coleman said said about the solstice. Mark is a Buddhist teacher, some of you may know. As we begin these first days after the winter solstice I wanted to send you greetings to welcome this time of year that is both an invitation to immerse into these long, cold, dark nights to dive deep into our inner being to welcome the lost and forgotten parts of ourselves, and to explore that which is hidden and unexplored. At the same time remembering that the dawn after the solstice heralds the return of the light and all that is possible, all that can be renewed, healed, and reborn. The light and the dark are but seasons within us and are never separate. May the darkness envelop you like a warm embrace and the growing light permeate your entire being so you radiate and shine no part left out. Isn't that lovely? So, may I and all beings be happy. May I and all beings live with ease. May I and all beings find peace. may I and all beings be free from all suffering. And may we all go forth from here this morning and let our lights shine. Let the light that is within us, whatever it is, our gift to the world. Because in fact, it is. (laughs) We each have something. You know, we're all, we're all so similar. But we have differences and we each have something to contribute. And that includes our difficulties, our difficulties our contribution as well. But remembering our greatness. (laughs) Remembering the light that is within. Thank you all.